One night, one goal. Stop suicide. On June 3rd, Washington, D.C. will host the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Out of the Darkness Overnight Walk. For the last 20 years, people have described the overnight as one of the most powerful experiences of their lives. Now is the perfect time for you to join us as people from all over the country come together to send a message of love and hope. Walk over 16 miles from dusk till dawn to raise funds and awareness for suicide prevention. See the landmarks of Washington, D.C. by moonlight. Form lasting friendships, experience healing, and bring hope to those affected by suicide. Join us. Be a part of something extraordinary. June 3rd in Washington, D.C. Register today at theovernight.org or call 888-THE-OVERNIGHT. That's theovernight.org or 888-843-6837. This week on Happy Sack Confused, it's an Alien Covenant extravaganza with stars Michael Fassbender, Danny McBride, and Catherine Waterston. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz, and welcome to this uh, this real love fest for everything that is alien. I'm very excited, Sammy. I, you, I'm excited. When I think of alien films, <laughs> yeah, I think of you. I love aliens. Have you seen an alien film? I saw Prometheus. Okay, okay. Okay. Okay, I'll take it. That's that's one more than I was expecting, to be honest. No, and I really liked Prometheus, too. Um, In case you're just uh, joining us, if you're new to the podcast, that's Sammy. I'm Josh Horowitz. No, it's me, Michael Fassbender. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing a character. Yeah. Sidekick on a podcast. (laughs) He's doing it very well. Um, This is uh, is a fun show uh, this week. We have two interviews for you. Uh, First up on the show is uh, two of the gentlemen starring in the film, Michael Fassbender and Danny McBride. Uh, Kind of, you might think, you know, an odd combo, but... um, they're a delightful combo. Um, and uh, a little bit later on in the show is, uh, you know, the Alien franchise would be nothing without its uh, its great kick-ass female uh, characters. And Catherine Waterston uh, is definitely a successor in many respects to Sigourney Weaver's Ripley in this film. And uh, you'll hear from her in just a bit. Um, she's... Uh, really having a tremendous few years of her career since she started Inherent Vice, uh, Fantastic Beasts, and now Alien Covenant. So that's coming up a little bit later. Uh, But first up will be uh, Fassie himself making his third appearance on the show, Fassbender. That's crazy. I know. He loves this show. (laughs) He's a regular now. Yeah. Um, And uh, McBride surprisingly making his first appearance. That's Little, You've been real excited. I know. Well, I love I love Danny. We've done yeah. some fun sketches over the years, so it was fun to have him in. And part uh, of the family. Part of the fam. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, uh, prepare for uh, a lot of alien talk. Don't worry, no spoilers. Uh, but before we get to all that, just to catch you up, what, what's been going on, Sammy? I'm tired, Josh. <laughs> we've had a whirlwind couple of weeks. Yeah, we've we've been traveling, not the world, <laughs> we've but been traveling the, the, the country, continental United States, <laughs> kind of. Um, yeah. So a couple of weeks back, we were at movie awards, movie and TV awards. Movie, yeah. It's gonna take a while for me to remember that. Um, yeah. Um, at uh, in LA and all that uh, wonderful content of us on the red carpet well, before it hailed. I was gonna say half on the red carpet and then half in like the dungeon of the haunted Shrine Auditorium because you, there was a free kale storm in yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah, one thing, first thing, uh, you know, I'm talking to Josh Gad <laughs> and then Josh Gad leaves and then suddenly the skies opened up and it didn't pour, it hailed. Josh I couldn't – I remember – so, It was weird. As I'm thinking about it, he walked away and he looked up to the sky and he, and he started to like, like yeah. murmur something. And he said, now. 
<laughs> bring it down. Yeah. Bring it all down. And then it was like only over where you were too. <laughs> so weird. Very odd now that I think about yeah. it. Huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the carpet was bizarre. I've never, I've been through a lot of weird red carpets, but I've never, certainly not in Los Angeles, seen such it a weather event as that. Terrible. <laughs> um, but then we survived and we did a fun uh, backstage kind of post show. Mm-hmm. All this content is on, uh, if you look on MTV's Facebook page, uh, look under the video section. It's all there. And uh, a ton of great interviews there if you want to kind of just see the all the movie stars. <laughs> all the big stars the big of Hollywood. Stars. Uh, and then, yeah, we were just in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh's first trip to Miami. My first trip to Miami. And probably last. <laughs> All until I retire. Yeah. In a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was scouting uh, just a retirement home for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think I found it on the beach where I talked to Dwayne Johnson. Those were your people, yeah. Um, yeah, we, uh, we hosted the um, world premiere red carpet for, for Baywatch. Baywatch, which was, again, a very unique red carpet. There was just, yeah, <laughs> we had an exciting couple weeks. Um, so that whole show, that hour-long, uh, carpet is also on MTV's Facebook page if you want to watch um, me in a white suit. Um, and uh, they were to- they told me to dress cocaine chic. And you certainly did. <laughs> it was like Josh is dressing up as Scarface. And you did great. <laughs> thank you. you Everyone did... loved your fashion revolution. Oh, God almighty. Yeah, I'm, I'm back to normal now, thank God. Yeah. But it was a weird— Back in your cardigan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cardigan on an 85-degree day here, yeah. uh, here in New York. Literally. Um, always weather appropriate. Um, but, yes, so Baywatch is, is, is fun, and those interviews were a lot of fun to see uh, Zac Efron and Dwayne Johnson. D The Rock J. It was fun. Angel. So, uh, yeah, a lot of big movies. We're getting into summer movie season, as evidenced by ginormous movies like Baywatch and Alien Covenant. Um, so, But I love the Alien franchise, so I'm thrilled that we can make this entire episode about this uh, new installment and uh, some of the, the stars that I, I really love. So uh, let's get right into it. Let's go to Michael Fassbender, Danny McBride. For if You don't really need much preamble, but um, uh, McBride is obviously new to the franchise. Not ex- exactly what you would expect. It's not like he's all comic relief. He's one of the crew members. They're certainly some comedy to his character, but he actually has some really cool dramatic moments, too. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, Fassbender plays uh, David, of course, from Prometheus, but also Walter, a new robot in this one. So you get two Fassbenders for the price of two one. Two for the price of two for. <laughs> He's great in the film. He's always amazing. Of course. And, and uh, uh, yeah, a lot to love in this movie and, uh, and a lot to enjoy in this conversation. Uh, it's, a, it's another fun, silly one. Uh, enjoy this chat with uh, returning champion Michael Fassbender and shockingly new to the podcast, Danny McBride. Welcome officially, Michael Fassbender, Danny McBride. Thank you very much. It's really nice to be here. I can't believe, so first of all, we should say, I feel like that was sarcastic. Don't you feel like that? No, I was just thinking, when you're talking on the radio, you should be smiling all the time because it's not, not the way you're doing right now. It's really disconcerting. <laughs> it's disconcerting. <laughs> you ever thought that Michael Fassbender's smile plays, is not creepy? Uh, you're wrong. Radio plays. It's a <laughs> top note. I feel like you're trying not to like keep your like open your mouth all the way though. You're like it's it's a little like uh, confined. Oh, that's just the amphetamines kicking in. <laughs> Um, Michael, welcome, you're, welcome to the Three Timers Club on Happy, Sad, Confused. Third visit to the podcast. That's right, man. This is rare company. You're in Anna Kendrick in Tom Hiddleston country. Okay, I'm there, man. We're in there with the top three. We're going to sing today, aren't we? We man are. We are yeah. going to sing. Yep. That's the tradition. Last time yep. uh, Michael uh, debuted his single, Bouncy Ship, in describing uh, Alien Covenant, and we're going to do a full-on uh, version. We were waiting for you, Danny. Okay, I'm ready. Why Why has it taken this long for you to be on the podcast, Danny? You, you always have me on your... Uh, uh, when 
you when you film it when you film it I guess I don't, don't know and I'm always sweating I feel like so this is a relief <laughs> to just be here I can sweat no one can see it people don't want to see Michael Fassbender <laughs> on video they don't want to see the actual image of him that's right it's all about the voice right that's right exactly didn't we do something with uh, the guy who's the hot dog eating champion <laughs> yes Kobayashi yeah oh. do you know about Kobayashi Michael no he there used to be a racing driver called Kobayashi yeah. but I don't know the hot dog guy a hot dog eating champion of the world and I literally almost choked to death in competing against I him I saw it yep whoa you yeah. actually took him on I did do you fancy your chances uh, no I didn't it was a stupid call it was a bad call and is it speed or is it volume it was speed I think we were trying to consume as much pizza as possible in a minute but whoa. his his, okay. his method for hot dogs is weird because he actually dips them in water yeah he like lubes oh. them up isn't that That's how you cheating. Cons- you don't Sucks consume hot dogs that way Danny <laughs> I've never dipped a hot dog in water before but I'm going to tonight whenever I did a pizza eating competition I used to start <laughs> like doubled over a little bit you know so as I got the body full, or the pizza I, the body okay. the body oh, that's yeah. a good idea and as I, as I got full I would straighten up yeah, you could be like, you thought you didn't have any more room? Check this wrong. out. More room. <laughs> the reserves kick in. What what food would you compete in if you were doing a competitive eating contest, gentlemen? Pizza. Yeah, pizza seems like that would be good. I mean, how many slices can someone eat of pizza? How far did you get? I, I, in my heyday, in my prime, <laughs> I can eat two, um, like, McCain-sized pizzas. Two whole pizzas, jeez. Wow. Where does it go? Where does it go on that body? Mm. I don't know. Toenails? <laughs> Toenails. I don't want to see this. Weird. Disgusting. That's odd. Um, in case you guys didn't know, these gentlemen are co-starring in the wonderful new film, the delightful romantic comedy that is Alien, Alien Covenant. Covenant. Yeah. A bunch of couples go to have a little shag in, in outer space and have yeah. some fun. Yeah. That's one way to describe it, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's accurate, right. actually, that's right, kind yeah. of. Kind of, sort of. Non-gravity sex. Yeah. It's pretty incredible <laughs> stuff. It, it's got it all. We've got um, Michael playing uh, not one but two roles because that's the way he does it nowadays. That's right. Uh, David making a triumphant return. Really the most reliable robot android you want around. Really just a yeah. good guy to have around in that's a pinch. Right. Yeah. That's right. You know, he's... Um... He's a, there's always entertaining. You can imagine some charades in the evening. You know, yeah, uh, he plays a mean uh, a flute. Yes, entertainment, arts and crafts, <laughs> you name it. And then you've got Walter, who's, um, how do we describe Walter? Uh, pretty bland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say. Not much of a personality. You, yeah, but if you were in a bar fight, you know, he'd be good to have. Yeah. Really. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a few upgrades. Yeah. Exactly. And, and Danny, of course, plays the alien in this one, yes. for those that don't know. I'm the Neomorph. <laughs> yeah. They call it the Neon Morph. And uh, I'm just very colorful, and I dance around out of people's stomachs. Yeah, yeah you brought dancing into this yeah. movie, which I thought, you know, really took it to... Strange, yeah. That 20-minute sequence, right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. there had never Odd. been a uh, an alien moonwalk in any of uh, Ridley's movies, so we pushed that in. He wanted me to bring my own thing to this, yeah. so that's what I brought. You did, you did. Yeah. In all earnestness, in semi-serious fashion, mm-hmm. um, you both do f- uh, excellent jobs, of course, and I don't mean that as a surprise, but I know when, Danny, you were announcing this, it was like, oh, that's an, that's, that's a cool choice. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Michael, were you like, gotta, got, gotta call Ridley, what's Ridley smoking, what's going on? I was like, who's Danny McBride? <laughs> Does it, he, he knows how to act. He can do things in movies. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. I'm but down. he said he'll memorize his lines. Yeah. yeah. How relieved are you that you didn't ruin the Alien movie? And in fact, the opposite. You have you have actually, you're a secret weapon of the Alien movie. You, you, uh, you don't know how, how true that is. Like, I, I love this franchise so much that 
when I was offered the chance to be in it, I was thrilled. But then inside, I was like, if I fuck this up, I will, I will ruin this series yourself. for myself. Yeah. I'll ruin it for everyone out there. <laughs> And That's the exactly first time I saw I it. That's exactly what I thought. You elevated you. it. No. <laughs> oh, about me? Yeah. You, yeah, he no, pulled you should have thought that. Everyone on that set should have been thinking that. Did you, did no, you know? when I did Prometheus, that was exactly the same thing. I was like, I can't be the one component that oh. fucks this up. It's you so I mean? true. That's that's what sucks oh. about working on something that you love. Yeah, that's right. Right. That, is that I could be the reason that makes me not like it anymore. Maybe, <laughs> maybe in the future you guys should just sign on for things you don't really care about, and that way there's no pressure. Yeah, that's what I've yeah, been well, doing. Yeah, that's you know, par for course. <laughs> um, do you have this? You're, you're like the definitive portrayer of uh, robots now, I feel like. But when people need I'm a good sure. robot, I mean, you've played three in two movies, so, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I like, you know, David, I think, has got a special place in the robot sort of, um, I don't know, museum. Sure. It's pretty incredible. He's, uh, right, he's, he's right such a funny character, you know. It's, uh, it's so much fun. Um, this, you know, sort of getting to play him in Prometheus and bring him back uh, in this. He's, uh, yeah, he's a very mad sort of concept, you know, that, you know, John Logan put together in this one is he's really sort of more theatrical yeah. than last time. He might be the creepiest robot since uh, Vicky in Small Wonder. Do you remember the Small Wonder that uh, created all the I do remember that. I yeah. do not. What? Yeah. She lived in a closet. Uh, remember that? Yeah. yeah it's I do. creepy. <laughs> oh, Michael, you need to look this up. This for research for the next film. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> See, I was going to say oh, Yule, good, Yule Brenner oh, in Westworld. Westworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's incredible oh, in that. Okay. Yeah, he needs Never his mama. <laughs> yeah, but Vicky was like a ten-year-old girl in like, and she was kept by a family uh, just for amusement and help and, I, and to I feel amuse like their she child. She was a slave, is what she was. That they made her strange. do all the chores. She had to take the. They would say, "Hey, Vicky, take the trash out," and she would literally take the trash can and. Throw it outside. Right, right, right. Yeah. She, uh, highbrow. And I know Michael has a love for uh, 80s uh, theme songs. You would really appreciate Small Wonder, if nothing else, for the theme song. How does it go? She's a small wonder. That's all I got. That's no, all come I remember. On. What's the next no, I really part? don't remember. That's all I remember. Do you remember? It was, it was uh, something about describing her further. I don't know. I forget. <laughs> it was sounded like trap rap. <laughs> Do you know of Michael's uh, fondness for 80s theme songs? I didn't. I'm curious, though. What is this? Uh, I don't know. I'm just sort of stuck in the 80s, I guess. That's sort of a, a decade that I hold close to me. Yeah, you had one of those CDs, like 500 theme songs of 80s television shows you just play over and over? I actually have 80s uh, television shows playing in a loop in my, in my what's, head. What's going on right now? Scarecrow and Mrs. Want? King. <laughs> I was in close proximity just two days ago to David Hasselhoff. It was a magical moment at the Baywatch premiere. I don't want you guys to be too oh, jealous. Yeah, okay. Do you guys remember Misfits of Science? Of course. Oh, Misfits okay. of Science. Yeah, Straight yeah. from the heart. <laughs> Courtney Cox was in that, right? Yeah. Courtney Cox. And Johnny B. That show was awesome. Oh, the guy used to fire <laughs> bolts out of his fists. Bolts how, of lightning. How many? That, that made it one season, right? That was definitely a one season <clears throat> show. That was around the same time as... Like Manimal. Manimal. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you were going to say? That was Classic. what I was going to say. You just read my mind. <laughs> a psychic connection. Yeah, what is? What has not been rebooted yet that actually could be... A decent film, Magnum PI. Oh yeah, I've been trying that forever. Mm -hmm. You could do it. Do you go comedic? Do you I go dramatic? I could never take on that role. <laughs> that mustache, you can't. Nobody you can mustache. wear shorts like Tom Sawyer. 
<laughs> or a mustache, in fact. And then pilot a you know a helicopter with ease. He can yeah. do everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was TC actually. Yeah, TC <laughs> did that. That's right. Okay. He just was along for the ride. Right. <laughs> just stop showing off, Michael. We get it. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, sorry. And then there was Rick, of course. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> what was the guy that he didn't he uh, do commercials for Peanuts? The uh, the older guy. The um, who was the old guy? The uh... oh, that was Higgins. Thank you. Yeah. But Higgins. here's a question for you. Maybe yes. we did this last time I was on the show. Actually, I'm repeating myself. But we're doing, no, but we're doing it for Danny. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've name? never listened to the show. Thanks a lot. Danny McBride, for the bonus point. <laughs> <laughs> what were the name of the two dogs? Oh, you two Dobermans. Oh, that, uh, I, know, I can't remember. I know or I can picture them, but I do not know what they were called. <laughs> okay. Well, um, they were called Apollo and Zeus. Oh, look oh. at They went for a little mythology. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one more uh, bonus question. Uh, what was the name of uh, Crockett's uh, alligator in oh, Miami, uh, Vice. Miami Vice? No clue. What is that? Elvis. Elvis. Look at these like catchy names for pets. You, you have a yeah, very specialty. A real real specialty in the eighties characters with pets names. That's right. Because pets. that shows yeah, that's that right. the that they don't just solve crimes. I'm still They're waiting also, like, for loose. the pub quiz. It never comes up. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, me, 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 me. Oh, one day, one day <laughs> that will come in handy. How, how would we relating to uh, the wonderful alien franchise? Yes. What, where do you rank the alien films? Like what, what's your is alien that still the high water mark? This is the best one. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right, right, calm now, yeah. guys. Yeah, it is, I agree. We need a little distance. It's it's a great film, but come on, we need we need perspective. Absolute best film, yep. actually ever, ever made of <laughs> any just, movie. Yeah, ever. not just in the Alien yeah. franchise. Just, oh, you know, okay. I will fist yeah. fight anyone who says different. Yeah, yeah. God yeah. damn it! That's, right now, that's right. <laughs> Please, okay, fine, fine. Don't hit me. Yeah. Um, but where do you uh, rank the the first three? Alien, Aliens, Alien Three. How do you? Where do you go? Do you have Do you have much affection for Alien Three? Because I know it's a divisive one. I actually, I actually did like Alien did, Three. Yeah, Fincher. I thought it was awesome, and I weirdly, I even liked. Kind of resurrection no, too. Was no. that Winona Ryder? Yeah, that, that was Winona Ryder, but it was the guy who directed Amelie, Jean Pierre uh, Jeunet, Delicatessen. Yep. And, yep. I mean, it was weird, you know. It but, looked cool. Ron Perlman yeah, looked cool. The the aliens swam in that one. Yep. Yeah. Very yeah. exciting. No one had done that before. It's movie history. <laughs> Swimming aliens. I can't really yeah. remember. <laughs> really? No. I saw it. And once. I can't really remember three either, to be honest. Uh, aliens, though, we all love. Was uh, was Forrest Whitaker in three? Uh, no. It was uh, Rock. What's his name? Uh, the guy. Oh, from the oh, show, oh Charles Dutton. Charles, Charles Dutton. Dutton. Yeah. Yeah. Prison oh. Planet. It was kind of cool. Charles they had Nance no, was they, in it, and they had no weapons because it was a prison, so there was no weapons to fight the aliens. With that. Oh, that was kind of yeah. interesting. So, but Aliens is like my, maybe the most quotable film of all time, if nothing else, thanks to Bill Paxton. Rest yeah. in peace. I mean, come yeah, on, that was like iconic. It was awesome. I mean, that was just such a cool take on the series that make it an action movie. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I loved the first one. I gotta say. Yeah. yeah. And watched it again on the way to New Zealand, where we started filming on this one. Um, I hadn't seen it. I hadn't watched it before I did Prometheus. But I didn't realize, you know, just how well it stands up. Totally. How sophisticated, you know. Um, There's an elegance to the, the Abs- story, right? Absolutely. It totally holds up. You're right. Because it's like a lot of times when you see movies back in the day that are about the future, when you watch it, you're like, eh, they, yeah. they got that wrong. But right. his, the way he portrayed the future, it still holds up. It still seems in line with where things are going. Yeah. Totally. That's right. And it's also the way, you know, in terms of you're introduced to this ship. And rather than it being like shiny and sort of futuristic, it's kind of beaten up and dirty, and it almost reminds you of like a cargo vessel or something. So there's a lot of things in there that you find familiar, uh, as well as you know the futuristic stuff where you have to make that sort of you know fantasy leap. What was was it? I, when did was it was was Ali, the original Alien something that traumatized you? That kind of rocked your world when you first saw it? Like what was the film that kind of like 
changed your two. brain, altered your brain two. chemistry. Yeah, I saw it in preschool. I was two years old, <laughs> and it was the hottest ticket of the summer. Uh, <laughs> what was the conversation like I didn't when even your see you see the door? I identified with the alien because I, I, I felt, Mom, I feel like I just did this to you two years ago. And she, she was like, you did, pretty much, yeah. Different part of the body, but sure. No, the same. What? <laughs> <laughs> was there a film though if not Alien that hit you at that sweet spot in terms of like first R-rated film do you remember that first uh... Texas Chainsaw Massacre really yeah that was horrifying as well yeah because that had a degree of like when you oh this is real that the grandfather was alive when his mouth just started moving slowly Ugh. as he was sucking on her finger and just like putting her head in the bucket <laughs> just like throwing a hammer down on it oh also God. the part that used to fuck me up the most in that was when he hits that one guy in the head with the sledgehammer, Whoa. and the guy, and then he's laying on the ground, and his foot That's is right. just like just convulsing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I showed my I have, a, I have a younger sister who's 15 years younger than me, and I showed her when she was in high school Texas Chainsaw Massacre because she was into horror films of the day, and I was like, oh, this is gonna fuck you up. You've never <laughs> seen anything like this before. And I watched her; she was stone faced during that whole thing. It didn't like scare her at all. I'm like, that doesn't Whoa. scare you to like lose control of your body like that, where you're just like nothing but a little shaking corpse, you know? She's like, nah, the new one was better and I'm just like fuck you <laughs> you don't understand I like the one with Jordana, Jordana Brewster produced by Michael Bay I like that one <laughs> uh, do films still have any effect on you or are you totally desensitized gentlemen do you just like go in and look like catatonic like uh... no I gotta say um I saw three Korean films recently oh. that really He's so classy. This blew one. me away what did you say um, one's called The Wailing okay. as in, oh, yeah, as in awesome. like screaming um, That's, uh, that, that movie was awesome. Because wow, you just don't it? know what's going to happen next. No idea. It, it had been so long since I saw a film where I was like, I don't have a clue what's going to happen next. Is this a thriller? Is it a horror? You know, uh, just sort of the, their, their, their sense of humor. It's uh, pretty wild. The other one was Mother, which is also Korean. Okay. And the other one was... Last Train to Busan. Oh, yeah, that? that thing was great, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Excellent. It's, it took me completely by surprise, too, because I'm watching it, and like, all right, at this point, I've seen zombie films. That's but right. literally by the end, I was like, oh, it got me. I'm choked up. I'm Absolutely. crying. <laughs> yeah, <got me> too. <laughs> I still have the capacity to feel. <laughs> yes. This is Happy Sack Confused. We'll be right back after this. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, Maria in Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, Michael, you've now worked with Seth, Seth Rogen, You've worked with Danny, and yet neither of these films could be considered out-and-out -out comedies. Is this a slow cry for help to Judd Apatow to notice you? What's, you know, what's I've going been, on? I've been sending my CVs out and uh, a little disappointed that nothing's come what's back. What's going on? I don't know. Um, How would you cast... I'm not funny. <laughs> That's not true. That is not true. Uh, you know, I, I would like to try some comedy for sure, but um, <clears throat> it's, you know, it's... I just think it's the hardest genre. Are you choosy or genre. people not getting, are, are you, I mean, I'm sure you're getting some scripts. Are they just shitty? Are they just not up to your lofty standards? Or? Uh, no, it's just, um, 
not really getting that many scripts coming coming my way to be honest uh, but uh, and then also uh, you know I've been so busy I've been engaged in other stuff yep. and this year to, to be honest I've just I'm not doing anything which has been marvelous I'm loving it should have done it ages ago um, <laughs> I was going to so, say yeah, yeah you got the snowman but I don't see anything else on the CV after that what's going on no um, no, I'm just uh, taking it easy. No, no, you are here yeah. to entertain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, under- you don't understand the <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> um, how should how should he be utilized? You're a brilliant comic mind, Danny well, McBride. What, know, do, we, what do we do of, with this guy? The world of comedy is tough right now because mm-hmm. I really do feel that like really good comedies. I don't feel like people show up to see him anymore. It's on TV or the web. Yeah, it seems like really? it. Do you think it's is that because it's like a you th- do you think people watch it at home more? Like that's I of... feel like. They, well, me personally, I prefer comedy that like pushes it. I like comedy that goes over the line, and I think people are more comfortable laughing at that stuff in their own home. I don't. I, I feel like they're they have a license feel to actually yeah, about yeah. laughing at that stuff in theaters. But I also feel like that audience would rather just sit at home on Friday night and smoke weed than necessarily go and buy a ticket to a theater. That's right. <laughs> That's a fair argument. They're not as, like, uh, motivated, motivated as superhero fans. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rogen hasn't stepped inside a theater in 15 years. <laughs> Um, okay, so we'll work on that for next yeah. time. This is a constant like, conversation I about this. I could get up and drive. Yeah. Or I could just life this bowl. Could watch Misfits of Science on YouTube. <laughs> if just one listener of the podcast discovers Misfits of Science, we've done our job today, That's gentlemen. Right. That's right. Bring back Misfits of Science. Yeah, right. So um, there, there was a lot of talk I remember leading up to this. I remember there was talk uh, before Covenant was actually in production, like we were going to see like 100 or 1,000 Davids. Was that actually ever a thing? Like it was like we're going to find a planet filled with Davids? That was an idea I had um, initially. Seriously? Uh, After you you saw Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, you're like, Oompa Let's do that with David. Yeah, he was mistaken into thinking Oompa Loompa David. It's going to be great. He thought he gets paid each time he appears. He's like, what if there are a million of me? Yeah, exactly. Just keep adding more Davids. Um, I never heard that, uh, but... um, It's not to say that it's not true. Okay. How many more of these are there? Because I feel like depending on the day of the week, Ridley says there are three more, there are five more, I there are two more. I think at least 50. Yeah. He's talking about 50 now is yeah. what we're up really? to. Really? Yeah. Yep. That seems like, a, I mean, I love the franchise, but really? Yep. There's yep. A, lot to, a lot of story yep. to tell A lot still. of spinoffs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's the next spinoff? Yeah, we haven't had an actual spinoff. Yeah, we haven't had a Neomorph uh, yeah. experience. Where yeah. you just see what they're like when they're when they're not killing people, That's how they're right. just like hanging out and trying to raise their family. And... They're a lot like meerkats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been bottlenecked into this horror action franchise, experimenting in other genres yeah. with the Alien franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a erotic comedy. There's a, uh, there's a rom-com in there. erotic movie. Yeah. Just... Forget yeah. about the comedy. It's the way you like them. Sick fuck. Don't don't give me any comedy with my eroticism. I don't want it confusing the issue. Gotta concentrate here. What are the ten time tables here? (laughs) What was the uh, so Alien was a big franchise for you growing up, Mm -hmm. Danny? What was the first franchise you were obsessed with, Michael? Was there? Like, what was the first kind of, like... Hmm, I guess Back to the Future would be up there. Yes. Indiana Jones, uh, Star Wars. Yep. Anne of Green Gables. That's... Oh, how could I forget? For sure. <laughs> There's a new Netflix show of Anne of Green Gables, Anne apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did he, uh, Michael uh, told us that he uh, just blatantly just spit in J.J. Abrams' face last time and said, no thanks to Star Wars. That's not true. That's not true. (laughs) There goes my career. No, no, no. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's one way to handle it. Have you 
<laughs> Suffice to say, he, there was flirtation with Star Wars. He didn't do that, of course. But um, have they come calling for you, Danny? Do you, you think kidding? you have a place in the no. Star Wars universe? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I personally think I do, but I'm not sure if the people who make those movies think that. <laughs> what, 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 what would you cast yourself as in the Star Wars? Uh, I, uh, Jabba. I think I could do, be a good Jabba. Uh, when he was a boy and what he dealt with growing up, yeah. what yeah. made him so mean. People don't think about the yeah. scars. Yeah. Plus, you've got, you've got all that Neomorph stuff on your CV now. I have I mean, all of that. Send that in, you know, You're like, send here you go. I moonwalked as a Neomorph. I can dance. Yeah. yeah. Right. Give it to me. So um, what's did you guys know each other at all prior to this one? I met Michael mm-hmm. one time at like a party. At a party, yeah. A few tequilas into the evening. Was yeah. it just sort of like locking eyes across the da- across the dance floor, and you just slowly made your way to it? I knew. I was like, paint the is, scene. This is the beginning. This I bet it. you I end up in this an alien movie. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Did you ever? I mean, so this this came kind of out of the blue for you, from what I understand. Ridley came calling. You didn't even know what it was about, right? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. We had just wrapped Vice Principals, and I got back to Los Angeles, which and, is uh, amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, my agent said, hey, Ridley wants to sit down with you. And he didn't really tell me what it was in reference to. And, yeah, so I met with him and talked with him. And about halfway through the meeting, he, like, opened up a book with, like, conceptual drawings of spaceships, spacesuits, and then of of a alien. And I just thought to myself, holy shit, he's going to make another alien movie. And then I just instantly froze. I'm like, oh, shit, he's talking to me about <laughs> an alien movie. <laughs> And did that that fear? Um, I mean, I guess we talked about this earlier about sort of like not wanting to ruin something that you love so much. Mm-hmm. At what point does that subside for uh, either of you? You said, Michael, you had that on the first one on Prometheus. Um, that's yeah. good. You're demanding of yourself. You want to, you know, live up to. You, you kind of have to just like. I mean, you you think that, but you have to just sort of suck that up and get rid of that. Yeah. You can't walk around insecure the whole time. Right. You have to act like you're like you own it. Like you know what? As long as I'm better than Billy Crudup, then I'll be fine. I'll be, yeah. I'll be good. Yeah. yeah. You don't you don't want to be the worst one on the set. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's like anything. You know, it's like I guess if sports or whatever, you get nervous before um, the event. But once you're in it, you know, doing it. Yeah. You kind of you know all of that goes away. And this is your what? Like your third film now with Ridley? Am I getting that right? Yeah. 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 So I mean, this clearly you speak his language. He speaks yours. What What do you like about the way he conducts a set that's unique that suits you? Oh, it's just an absolute you know privilege to 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 work on one of his sets, and I think that's not just the case for us as actors. You can see that with every department. Yeah. He's just um, he's a very strong leader. It's a very relaxed and you know atmosphere, but at the same point, everyone's on their on, on their toes. You know, we we move very fast. The way he shoots, he shoots with four or five cameras. Um, so usually, you know, the, these sort of films, uh, there can be a lot of downtime yeah. between setups. Not the case with Ridley. It almost feels like an independent film sort of vibe on his sets. Although obviously, you know, with, on such a larger scale, yeah. he's just very knowledgeable and experienced in what he does you know for, you know he has, he still storyboards the entire movie himself you know um. is, is that surprising for for, for you danny because like this is obviously a different kind of film <laughs> than you've ever done and like i think a lot of people would assume looking at the kind of films that ridley makes that he's maybe not an actor friendly director necessarily he he's known for his i mean he obviously elicits great performances but like when you think ridley first i think you, you think of that world building of just like that massive brain that can create these amazing uh sets etc so is that surprising and relieving to you that like oh he actually want to is free to work with the well, actors? Well, he's like and... the perfect kind of director in that sense where it's like I think he just he he makes sure that he casts the movie appropriately so that it's not like any big surprise on set. Everyone right. he kind of assumes is going to be able to work within his sandbox, and uh, you know he'll stop you if it's going in the wrong direction, which I also 
appreciate you don't have to read in between the lines with him i mean if it's mm-hmm. not good he'll be like yeah that's suck let's do it again it's not like he's like well that was good but this time maybe try this or that you know you're trying to really figure out what they want he's just very honest and blunt with it uh i think what michael was saying the idea that he moves at such a quick speed as well I think it just kind of makes you on the set know that, like, this isn't going to be one of those movies where you're doing 30 takes of something and you can find it on the day. <laughs> it's like, no, you, he's going to fucking do two or three and then you're going to be on to the next thing, so you better, yeah. like, show up. Do you prefer always bluntness on a set or do you need a little, uh, like, do you need some positive reinforcement, like... Clarity is always the best. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you start to... I, I would start to get insecure if I felt like there was amb- ambiguity in, in the notes that are coming my way, you know. Just clarity, like... Danny said, you know, that didn't work. Let's try something else. You know, it's um, just much more efficient and do you, you know find, where you are. Do you find you ever have to like, I mean, it's obviously not your set. The director's running the show, hopefully, mm-hmm. that you have to almost communicate that to them like on the day one or two. If you're not feeling that, be like, look, just tell, be honest with me. Like you can you can say if that that take sucked. I like, usually I say it. beforehand, you know, if yeah. we're sitting down and I haven't worked with the director, I'm like, just be, you know, be blunt, be straightforward and be, you know. Just tell it as it is, because uh, you know that just saves everybody yeah. a lot of um, heartache. That's an extreme word. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it is true though, because that's the most a, a frustrating thing on a movie. Really, is that if some if the director's too nice, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because then you're just like, is he just being nice because I'm so lost that there's no way he can get the performance <laughs> he's looking for, or like, is he? What does he really mean? And you know, on things like Eastbound and Vice Principals, where I'm working with David and Jody, guys I've known forever, they also are blunt like that, yeah. you know. And it's like they're not worried about feelings, you know. It's like, no, that sucked. Do this that way. I just feel like you get better results from that. Have mm-hmm. either of you ever been fired from a, a film? Not yet. God damn it. Why did you bring that up? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Uh, did you I don't think, think I have. Did you ever think, think you I've were going to be fired? Yes. <laughs> Which job did you think you were going to be fired from? I think we'd know. Um, like you legitimately were like, there's a chance I could get a weird meeting or phone call soon. Uh, yeah. But I can't tell you what it is. Oh, Mike, why not? I it know, works it's out. Mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah. No, it's because it's, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long it's messy, podcast. No, messy. I like messy. <laughs> I love the mess. <laughs> you. Um, I've got uh, Catherine coming in tomorrow. What should I? I've talked to her a few times. What's, uh, what's the way into her, her soul, her heart? How do I break her? We never spoke to her. No, Ridley didn't yeah. allow us to. No, yeah, no. That's odd because you actually share scenes with her. That's <laughs> right. That was the weirdest part. You know, you think we were, you know, we're in the same scene, but we're not. not that seems to be adding in. a lot to the budget unnecessarily yeah. to really have to mm-hmm. do that. Uh, she's great. I worked with her on um, Steve Jobs. Jobs. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, just looking at those two characters, you see, you know, how, how brilliant she is. She's just totally committed, um, loves her job and smart. Always questioning things. You know, I think she did a fantastic job in this. Does she know Misfits of Science, you think? Uh, you better ask her. You better ask her tomorrow. I'll Perfect. report back. Yeah, excellent. Um, <laughs> so you were saying you're taking some time off. So am I going to see you in Dark Phoenix on the beach. or Young <laughs> Yes. That's, that's, am I going to see you in the Hamptons this summer, Michael? <laughs> I've got room in my cabana. <laughs> Spritz, uh, Aperol Spritz. Oh, I love an Aperol Spritz. Come on, good, isn't it? It's good. a perfect. It's a good summer drink. Isn't it a perfect drink? It is. What's your good. perfect drink? Do you have a perfect drink? There? You know, in the summertime, I prefer this cocktail that I call the Corvette Summer, and it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's one. It's fresh grapefruit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fresh orange juice. Yeah. 
a little splash of lime and tequila on the rocks. Oh. So it feels like you're kind of you know doing something good for yourself. Yeah, yeah. it's great. <laughs> you're really like not. Corvette summer. Yeah, yeah. Corvette summer. Have you named name. that yourself, or is that someone else's? Uh, it, it, a bartender in North Carolina. That's what he called it. So I was like, oh, you know what? I like that. And then you go to any bar and say, I would like a Corvette <laughs> summer, and they're just like, good, congratulations. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> What about for you, Michael? When you go into your your favorite bar, do they know? Do they know the fast fender? Do they know what the usual drink is? Um, I would always go for a martini. Olive a twist? You want? Uh, what do you want? Uh, olives and, uh, yeah. and and pickled onions. Also. Oh, that's disgusting! Oh, no, I knew you were going to say that. It's like a little meal. That's good. I'm just being honest. Yeah, I like dis- anything with vinegar. <laughs> yep, He's true. soaking in a vat of vinegar right now, which right is really now. strange. It's odd. <laughs> Keeps the skin. <laughs> Keeps the skin taut. <laughs> Not very good for the skin, in fact. Shrivels <laughs> up. Thus the wrinkles. <laughs> so, am I going to see you in any of these next X-Men movies? Um, New Mutants? Possibly. Oh, come on. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, likely. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Care to elaborate? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Blink wants for Dark Phoenix. What's that? Blink once for Dark Phoenix. Okay, that was weird. <laughs> Blink twice for New Mutants. I. Okay, okay, so maybe Dark Phoenix is what I'm going with, guys. Mm-hmm. Um... That, was, that was either a blink or he stroked out. Yeah, yeah. One the other. first one was like a twitch, and the other one was just a brain fart. <laughs> Meanwhile, at least someone is actually definitely working on something. The Halloween, what do we call this? Is it a reboot, a sequel? What is this? I would call it a sequel, a sequel of sorts, yeah. It's a, okay. it's a reimagining and a sequel at the same time, if that's possible. Are, Are you, you directing? No, so, my buddy David's gonna direct. David Gordon Green, great he, uh, Gordon Green. Yeah, he got he David got approached to uh, to jump onto Halloween, and he knew I was a big fan of it, so he asked if I wanted to write with him, and uh, and I was like, yeah, if we can come up with something that would be cool, let's do it. And so we came up with a pitch, and we went into John Carpenter and pitched it to him. It was amazing. And he gave us his seal of approval, and now we're just trying to convince him to score the movie as well. Oh, you have to. Yeah, come on, be awesome. He's the best. You saw my Big Trouble in Little China poster yes. in my office. I mean, that yes. guy did about five cl- legit classic movies. Yeah. Um, so have you cast your Michael Myers? We have not, but I get a lot of weird emails from people I don't know that send me just pictures of them <laughs> in a Michael Myers mask. Just like, if you're casting, I'm available. It's Look, like, you know me. <laughs> don't pretend you don't know me. Well, yours I knew. I knew, where, I knew what that one was. <laughs> I was going to say, Mr. Fassbender has done some mask work before, Frank, so he yes, knows true. how to do it. <laughs> Media Delarte, uh, <laughs> classically trained. Are you going to keep the Shatner mask, the uh, the classic? We'd like to keep it as close to that as we can without being sued. Yeah, it'd be great. Nice. So, uh, did, what did you think of uh, Rob Zombie's take on the? He kind of like did the backstory. I mean, that's kind yeah. of the Vogue thing now. You kind of explain the motivations, and I think people have divisive opinions they about do. that. that. Where do you come on that? Split fans. Uh, you know, I personally like Rob Zombie's movies. I like Devil's Rejects. Mm-hmm. I thought that was all, House of a Thousand Corpses, awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, but like with with his Halloween, I don't know. I'm uh, your you take your take's different. Your take our is... take is different. Yeah, okay. and uh, you know, it's funny just even studying those movies now, seeing all the uh, sequels and kind of seeing where they sort of stop becoming scary, and it's really that fine line of like humanizing him too much makes him not scary, right, and then also with him. Yeah. Uh, making him indestructible also right. makes him not scary. You know, in that first one, he's literally just a guy who's creeping around in the shadows, and that's horrifying. And the moment he starts to be bulletproof, it's not as scary because mm-hmm. you can't picture yourself in that situation. Yeah. Is that that scene where he goes, I fired six shots into him? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
No man can take six, six shots. <laughs> what, exactly. What's what's the comfort movie? What's the movie that you turn on like if you like need something? Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Very telling. Over Very... and over again. <laughs> I go with Halloween four all the time. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Is there one that you find that you kind of like turn on Netflix or whatever if you just need to like whether it's go to sleep or chill out or just sort of. I think the Goonies for me has always oh, nice. been that. I, I always just like anytime that movie's on cable, I can come in and just watch it from any point and find myself still laughing like when I was a kid. Sloth Love Chunk. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. But it was my son's, uh, my son's in elementary school and his uh, spring break was just a few weeks ago. And I took the family up to Portland and then we rented a car and drove to Astoria where they shot it oh, yeah. and saw the original house. We went to where the uh, the jail they broke the Fratelli out of. And yep. That's now a Goonies museum. Amazing. It was amazing. Wow. It was incredible. I yeah. was just thinking yes, yesterday was Mother's Day, and I was thinking about Anne Ramsey from Throw Mama from a Train, like the so ultimate good. great mother character, I think, in film. <laughs> really, really. She always plays a wonderful mom, doesn't she? What a she? great title. <laughs> <laughs> Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> it's, it's one of Imagine I, the pitch. <laughs> it's a gr- so what a, happened? It's a great <laughs> movie. It's amazing. Uh, so do you have an answer for that one? What's your comfort movie? I would go with any Coen Brothers movie. Uh, really. Yes. Mm. I mean, they're like one of the... I can't think of another filmmaker that I've seen that's made that many movies that I've literally seen every single one of their movies, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, each, that's right. Each one Twin that it was so simple. Did you see that? Recently? <laughs> yes, Hal Caesar. Amazing. Oh my God, that's what, such a good. Scene. Yeah, this is a good a barometer of, of someone's taste. What's uh, for any of us our favorite two or three Coen Brothers movies? What's... Oh, Big Lebowski, number one. Yeah, that's that's probably number. And I love Raising Arizona too. And Fantastic. I think Barton Fink. Yeah, Barton Fink's pretty. You know what I like, Incredible. which I know doesn't get its due. Hudsucker Proxy. Great. You know, for the kids. Great film. Amazing. Miller's Crossing. Great. Miller's Crossing. Yeah. Great. Yeah, Fargo's incredible too. Yeah. It's hard to choose, isn't it? What's the What's the movie quote? If you had to quote, uh, um, put a quote uh, tattooed on your back, what would what quote would sum up your <laughs> life? Your, Whoa. What do you got? <laughs> on my back. What would I put down there? Forget about the fucking dough. <laughs> <laughs> it can't sound like that on your back. It just reads as the words. You realize that. I know. <laughs> just, yeah, it wouldn't work. <laughs> Anything for you, Danny? I have no idea. That's a hard question to I'm ask. Sorry. You know, it, I would get You're more saying... of like a, a symbol or something, like a like a like... Japanese symbol. <laughs> for like life for water I think <laughs> for not, let's, not, let's not pretend you're that sophisticated well who are you trying to impress right now I guess whoever's looking at my back <laughs> do either of you have any tattoos uh, I have one bad tattoo do you yeah. really yeah when I was 18 years old my friend gave me a tattoo on his back porch on my shoulder oh yeah yeah, yeah. can we see it no <laughs> <laughs> the audience can't see. It's just for us. It's, uh, it, it's a really shitty tattoo. Like, I is it a just, Japanese I, symbol? It, 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 it's just uh, it's Anne Ramsey's face. <laughs> it just says Owen. I, I had, like it was it was the I should definitely not have done it. I had, like I had gotten a friend of mine who was an artist to, like draw this like I don't even remember what the original concept was, but it was some kind of intricate. <laughs> illustration and then I got to my buddy he's like yeah man I only got like one kind of ink I don't have like multiple colors and I don't think I can do that and I'm like okay what can you do and he's like I can do this uh, four leaf clover right here (laughs) all right yeah that seems like a salt (laughs) seems like something I won't regret in 20 years (laughs) and every other day the rest of my life the other option was a dolphin yeah (laughs) have you come close Michael to a tattoo no 
he's just the smart one in the group, apparently. It's not that, you know, I like tattoos. I just know that if I had one, I'd feel like a phony with it. It's weird. I don't know why, but it's like kind of like jewelry as well. Like. Yeah, and it's a, yeah, it's a commitment, you know? You yeah. have to look at yourself year, from years to come. How will I explain this? Yeah, you know? you'll have to talk about it in a podcast for decades yeah. to come. I mean, yeah. it's, that's one reason to avoid it. Um, it's been good to have you both, one of you back. Welcome back. We don't have any goodies for you as a three-timer, oh, Michael. I'm sorry. That's fair enough. But you did see that Frank is immortalized in my office. So I that, love that. That's legit love. Uh, and Danny. Yes. Finally, we had you on the podcast. I'd like to see. I feel like you've upgraded. This is definitely more legit than the last time. Does I was it feel more show. legit? It does. I feel like we were in the back of like the office supply room last time <laughs> I was doing this. It's like, do they even know that you're doing this show? Do they let you? Danny, mm, have I, it on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Danny and I have done our fair amount of stupid sketches. I've been trying to get this guy to do something stupid with me for years. One of these days, Michael, it's gonna oh. ha- gotta happen. What is this? When do we do? Yeah, we, no. we've done this some... was a sketch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying some, okay. something stupid and amazing to well, to just let's do it. up the CV for your Judd Apatow movie. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, next time. Right now. <laughs> God, wait, no, I'm ready. There, there are no cameras. Michael, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> just for us, you mean? You don't even know what state you're in. You know what state I'm in? The state of California. <laughs> we got to go. Michael, <laughs> what movie is that from? That's good. What was that? Boogie Nights. Oh, of course. should have known that. It sounded yeah. familiar. He, sh- yeah. he showed us off. The bastard. That's what I would get. That's what tattoo I would get on my back. What's that? You Dirk- don't know what state you're in. <laughs> <laughs> Just a picture of Dirk Diggler's penis on your yeah. back. <laughs> um, on that classy note, Alien Covenant, everybody should go check out. Yes. Uh, excellent job from both of you. Ridley Scott delivers, as always, everything you would want in an alien movie and more. And uh, next time we'll see a thousand Davids uh, on some scary mm-hmm. planet and Danny returning as the neon morph. <laughs> yeah. The least scary alien yeah, ever. I know. <laughs> hey guys, come here. Yeah, come on. <laughs> That's come sneak- on, get over here, oh, guys. I'm running I just away plead with everybody. Let <laughs> <laughs> me go inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know what? That is a chilling line. <laughs> we'll give you that. <laughs> um, on that classy note, thanks for stopping by, guys. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> That was Michael Fassbender and Danny McBride, of course, appearing in Alien Covenant out this Friday. And speaking of Alien, the parade continues now. <laughs> speaking of Alien? <laughs> speaking yeah, of alien, where do you go with that? Alien life forms. <laughs> yeah. It's the wonderful, delightful Catherine Waterston. Uh, Catherine uh, is, of course, the star of Alien Covenant. Uh, but also, you prob- probably know her from Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Which we did a lot for uh, in recent months. We uh, love Fantastic Beasts. We do. We're going to see at least four more of them if all goes according to plan. That's exciting. Uh, um, she's going to go off and shoot that in a little bit, uh, the next installment. Um, and she also was great in Inherent Vice, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's film. That was really the film that catapulted her. If you recognize the last name, yes, she is the daughter of Sam Waterston. Um, and, uh, you know, she's uh, she's got a, a really cool career going. And after like a lot of theater and kind of like bit parts in TV and film, she's really found her niche in the last few years and has a lot of cool opportunities. So uh, fun to sit down with her. Uh, it's been a long press tour for her, so I think she was a little punch drunk in a good way. A lot of silly voices. Yeah, that's always good. Silly voices, silly accents. Nice. Not just from me this time, from the actual <laughs> I was guests. Say, was she here? Or... <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just riffed for half an hour to <laughs> yeah. my Jar Jar Biggs. Don't worry, there's no you Jar wish. Jar in this one. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry wish. guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a, a, both a, a, a thoughtful, but also a, a kind of fun, silly a chat with um, the lovely and talented Catherine Waterston, or as we call her on this podcast, Catherine Waterston. Catherine.
Should we do this, Catherine? Let's fucking do it. We're fucking doing it with Catherine Waterston. <laughs> How do you do? This is the way I normally speak. <laughs> yeah, people don't know. Yeah, people don't realize. This is the actual voice. Yes, I make choices for my characters, but when I am off duty, I speak like this. People don't know how tough she has it in these in these roles. People don't realize what I give. <laughs> She never stops giving people. <laughs> um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. What's your podcast called? It's called Happy, Sad, Confused. Oh, that makes so much sense. Because <laughs> we just Where'd did our you silly podcast. Oh, you know. <laughs> I've uh, never been on this podcast before. You haven't. This is your debut. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I know this has been. This is one of those ginormous press tours. You're you're an expert by now, I though. Like gulp by the microphone. Yeah, I'm an expert. I can't even drink the water properly on a <laughs> podcast. Um, um, but uh, yeah. I mean, isn't that like just a nice word for old? No, it, it means accomplished. Oh. It means uh, it means star of two ginormous Seasoned. franchises going global franchises, Catherine. I know what. How the did that fuck? happen? What no the, idea. What the fuck? I have no idea. It's so random, really, in this business. You know, you you audition for things. You never know what you're going to get and not get, and and I'm sh- it's just happened. And I'm sure if I if I had talked to you six or seven years ago, that would you would have slapped me silly and said you're out of your I'll fucking mind. I'll still slap you, yeah, silly well, that, baby. That's how we that's how <laughs> that's we end the, how the I conversation. Express myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Sorry, what you were saying? I would have slapped you silly yeah, seven I mean, years you, ago. Would you have thought I was correct? <laughs> We're going to rename the podcast <laughs> Slapping Josh Tilly. Um, but yeah, I mean, would, would you have guessed that uh, you would have ended up here if I talked to you 10 years ago when you were, you weren't struggling, but you were, you were uh, act- failing miserably. Were you? Is that <laughs> fair to say? No, I mean, I wouldn't have believed. I mean, I don't, everything surprises me, you know. I, I think even just a few, you know, two years ago, I wouldn't have believed it if you said, you know, yeah. you're about to do two, you're about to, you know participate in two of the most beloved franchises of all time, you know, back to back. Yeah. Just sounds ridiculous. For anybody. Yeah, for anybody. So is the anxiety is the anxiety has it subsided in terms of like pressures of these kind of films or is there, are there new anxieties? Like now that you have like, you know, you've obviously you're going to make it as an actor. We can say this officially now. <laughs> you know, you've got a lot going on and um, you know, and for for many actors that's the trick is just to like get to a point where like you can kind of trust that the next job's going to come. Yeah. But does that anxiety kind of go away at this point or are there kind of different pressures and and nightmares that come to you? <laughs> I mean, I think probably anxiety mostly depends on your relationship to it. You know, some people are really good at not letting the littlest things freak them out every day, you know, um, whether they're starting out in their careers or really, you know, doing great and working all the time. And then other people are neurotics and spaz about everything. And I probably lean more that direction. (laughs) Now I know why I like you. Well, you realize that when some, when some elements of your life start to work out, you know, you, it's only then that you discover what some of your bad habits are in a way, because it's justified when you're struggling as an actor to have anxiety, you know, sure. and then we realize it's still around like, oh, no. when things are working out. And you're like, oh, maybe this is just, it's just me, me. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. This is just my personality. Um, yeah, but also there's always pressures, you know. You. Yeah, yeah, no, 
this just in. <laughs> this is the self-help book that, for you yeah. guys. That are... You're welcome. You just wanted to hear a little interview about Alien, but I'm helping you all. Just because you get two franchises, guys, doesn't mean that. <laughs> that you can, should or could or ought to give anyone advice right. about their life. Don't listen to me. So um, since we have a little time, let's talk. So you're, you, like myself, are uh, born and bred New Yorker as far as I know, right? No. What? Research. Wait, 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 so wait. No, 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 Catherine. Interview. I was born in Catherine. London. I was born in London where everyone speaks like this. Is that true? Yes. I, how did I get that wrong? Okay. I, I, I lived here since I was 15 okay. for the most part. Okay, got but it. But it's kind of complicated. But my dad started doing Law and Order when I was 15. So okay. um, that's that. You know, before that, we were we lived up upstate and we would just come in to see shows like, you know, people from upstate do. <laughs> so what was your. Um, were you on sets a lot as a kid? Did you follow your dad around to his Not sets? that much. A little bit. We visit. You know, we would visit sets more if he was working um, on the summer vacation or something. And actually, they did take us out of school twice in the middle of the year. We were in Russia and Hungary for a while. Um, that special Law and Order episode in Hungary I missed. <laughs> Pre-Law and Order <laughs> days, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I remember coming in um, – because they shot Law and Order on 23rd, you know, by Chelsea Piers. Sure. And they were putting my dad up somewhere near there. And I remember very clearly pulling in. There was a gas station where there's now like a tall glass condo building. And there were prostitutes on the corner of 23rd and 10th. And it's just so wild to me now to see the way these neighborhoods have changed. The but good old days. I know, kind of a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> little seediness is good. Not yeah. too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I worked uh, up until a couple of years ago for many years in Times Square, and it was not the Times Square that we kind of now romanticize in a way. Like, it's in, in many ways, it's, it's, it's all, it, I'm sure, look, yes, the prostitution and drugs and all that stuff was obviously horrible, but mm -hmm. had a little character. Now it's like you're in Disneyland yeah. and Bubba Gump world. It is fun to watch, you know, the old movies that were shot on the yeah. street. And you can see what it used to be like, yeah. Did so? Did um? Did any of those kind of experiences on on a set have a, a particular impact on you, or was it just sort of like, if you know, I'm visiting my dad at his architecture office, it's like, oh, it's dad's at work. I had this strange. It's kind of hard to, to explain this disconnect. I wanted to be an actress. I knew that from a very early age, but I somehow didn't understand that I could. Um, enter that realm. That seemed to be my dad's world. Right. But at the same time, I would go to sets and I would see, you know, child actors playing his children and think, this is insane. I'm so right for this part. I'm his actual daughter, you know. This, they, they could have cast this so much better. But yet I didn't think I was never that child who said, please let me audition. I didn't quite understand um, how to enter that world as a child, which doesn't make much sense. You think right. with, you know, the child of an actor, they'd kind of have an um, – even a sort of innate understanding of the business almost, or, or, or yeah. that. Yeah, but I just didn't. I I don't know. Maybe I was a little reluctant to to um, lose the, the fantasy of it, you sure. know. Um, well, do you, do you, I, I, st I, I mean, I still love that. But, you know, as a kid, it's so – the movies are so, so magical because you kind of – I have a friend whose kid – I th just kind of thinks that I really am magical because of Fantastic Beasts, yeah. you know, and quizzes me on e extreme details about that world. And it scares her, I think, a little. 
when I don't have the answer. I was going to say, can know? you keep up? Or what do you do when you don't it's have the answer? It's very stressful. <laughs> like You're like, let me just go on Wikipedia yeah, here. It's time to grow up fast, young girl. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> Tina had a drink this morning and Tina doesn't remember. <laughs> it's a potion, see? <laughs> it's a special potion. It's a curse. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember the first time that you articulated, was it a big moment to kind of like actually say to your dad in particular, who obviously made this his life, yeah, I want to pursue this professionally. Was that kind of a revealing self? Was that a big moment for you or did it sort of happen gra- gradually? I suppose in a sense it was a, a much less um, stressful or dramatic kind of coming out. You know, it, I was nervous to tell him and I didn't know what his reaction would be. Um, but I also felt like it wasn't official until right. I told him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but yeah, he was psyched. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... He so, probably, you know, parents know more about us than we know about ourselves, so he probably he knew before you knew, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what were the? the, the I mean, because from a lot of your twenties, it was a lot of theater work. I mean, part of that's yeah. by just what was available. I assume, like you luck of the draw. Yeah, yeah, you audition for everything and take the parts that they give you. Were you, were you again like kind of happy with what you were doing at the time? Aside from maybe the paycheck wasn't maybe what you wanted it to be, or yeah, it's never what you want it to be in the theater. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's a there's a sort of narrative now that those were the the lean tough years, and now everything's coming up roses. But um, I didn't really experience it like that. There were lots of little victories within those years too and very exciting times for me just kind of I suppose more on a developmental level sure. I felt I was sort of figuring it out as I went and um, had amazing experiences uh, on the stage and um, and what are the, those markers about are they about the material about the actor you got to work opposite about oh, yeah I mean I did the cherry orchard with John Turturro and Diane Weist and um, in an amazing theater called CSC on 13th street and just to watch them prepare and work and um, and and the camaraderie and all of that. And, of course, obviously, then the writing and, and many of the plays and working with new writers and watching uh, how a director develops work with a new writer. I mean, it was a very rich time. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was stressful and I didn't – the trouble when you're working in the theater and you're just getting your start is often a job will end and, you know – you don't know what's next, and that's a sort of stressful time. But it's also exciting because anything could be the next thing. Right. Um, and there's a lot of tension and hope in those years. I, I mean, it's easy to romanticize the past. Sure. But, um, I, yeah, I, I'm very grateful for that time. Also having some time before, you know, there's a lot of scrutiny in Hollywood on a lot of different levels. And to have a little period kind of uh, more or less to myself. Yeah. Well, th- there's also the, to me. the weird like expectations now that where, where you, you know, when you have a career that's at a certain level and you sort of do a big movie and like, you know, certain people expect this is the kind of thing you're supposed to do next. And, you know, like, do you do you go with instinct? Do you go by like what Team Waterston is saying? Do you, you know what I mean? Like if there's – you have choice, which is like – you know, I've talked to many actors about this. Like that you – you know, very few actors get to the position where they have much choice mm. in their career. And, that, and you're starting to probably get into that period where you actually like – you can make some important decisions about sort of steering your own career where for many years you didn't have the luxury of choice and it was just sort of like – up to the gods about where you kind That's of went. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure if I experience it so differently now. I mean, I I think it's important to work, you know, to um, stretch yourself in different directions and kind of be in a constant state of 
engagement with the work. It doesn't mean that you're always showing up on set every day, but preparing for a role or um, coming down off a role, it's all kind of part of, I think it's it's good to be in some stage of yeah. the process as often as possible because you do kind of get rusty sometimes, I think. But then on the other hand, you can kind of use up all that you've got and not have any time in the real world and start to feel like you're in some kind of weird vortex. So hamster wheel. Yeah. yeah. I think I think about it more in terms of of navigating that issue than about which roles I choose. I like doing different things, but if something very interesting came along that seemed a little bit reminiscent of like, I don't know, Chassafe Hepworth or something, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't pass it by just because it was, you know, I I don't know that I would necessarily calculate or navigate in that way um, because if it was interesting, you know, it would be worth it to me. Um, So I don't don't know. What are you doing like in your downtime between films now if there is much downtime? Are you kind of actively – are you go right into research mode or kind of just like studying the script for the next one or do you kind of – Detach and sort of do nothing related like to the coma job. Mode, coma mode, sleep mode, coma mode for a little bit. Um, I do think that, that yeah, there's a lot of actors who are like this. It kind of have to hibernate a little in between jobs. But I haven't had that much um, a time <laughs> off lately. Um, I'm about to do a job in in a few weeks, and then when it finishes, I'm going straight to. Fantastic Beasts, but with Fantastic Beasts, there's a, a bit of, you know, pr- a pre-production window, which is great and right. um, bides me bides me a little time. What's the, what's the biggest difference in doing press with this maniac group of actors versus that maniac group of actors? <laughs> They're both unique in their own right. Oh man, well this crew is so funny, but they keep putting me, you know, alone and all the boys are getting to, you know, hang out together and clearly making things up. Danny and Michael were here yesterday together. I know. I get very jealous. (laughs) We had no fun. Don't worry. As you can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a great group. I'm still trying to figure out because like I've, I've talked to Michael many times over the years and he's like a super funny kind of wild guy. He's obviously also one of the finest living actors on the planet and mm. takes his work very seriously. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. one are you seeing? Which one do you know? Do you know both? Like, has he kind of turned the valve a certain direction when he's in production on a film? Or are you seeing kind of both sides of him? Um, do you know, I think that actor, actors often bring – I'm a really squeaky yeah. chair. Are you hearing this? <laughs> she's a robot I'm and mo- she's uh, being oiled. I move a lot of <laughs> I need an update. <laughs> Creaky joints. Waterston level two <laughs> operational. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Sorry. I, all I can think of is collating, which is like an original <laughs> alien line, right? That's something mother says. Oh, right? mother, yeah. Collating. Mother's back. We keep. We, I like the references to mother. I like yeah. that. That brings uh, me back. Yeah, mother. Yeah. Um, As we're talking fat, fassy, crazy fassy. I think, yeah, most actors, it, they bring what is needed to which, whatever film they're doing rather than, you know, have a sort of having sort of a set process that they apply to every right. experience. So on Steve Jobs, I saw essentially it was a, like, it was a very different Michael. Sure. Um, he had a lot of lines to learn <laughs> and was drilling like them kind of constantly. And, and on this film, you know, um, he, you know, was working on the, the fit, these amazing... 
<laughs> I mean, it's just making me realize how much I move when I talk. I just can't sit still. Just wildly like, gesticulating. Like we should really be shooting lady. this. <laughs> Her posture you know, this is, is my New Yorker coming out. Lots hey. of hand gestures. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he was very playful on this. And I mean, there was really sort of actually set that tone. You know, he puts together this amazing group of actors and then all the behind the scenes people too people so very much at the top of their game and all the, in all the departments and then he's like okay good everybody's on top of their game now let's play that's you know? awesome yeah um so so i think you know michael knew about that more than any of us um because he'd worked with him before and uh and we all caught on pretty quickly and then it was pretty riotous actually most of the time believe he, it or not because yeah i would the, i would yeah given the, the nightmare inducing <laughs> yeah. material you've created yeah uh, yeah it's kind of like the most horrific alien since probably the original yeah i would pretty, say it's like pretty grim i don't want to reveal gory, anything but you're not going to walk shocking. out of the theater like skipping yeah <laughs> although i still think there's like some funny oh, although chilling comedy in no, there's, it there's very dark humor in it yeah. absolutely yeah. which i appreciate as well um, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Shasta Inherent Vice, which which is probably the the, the role that many people saw you in first. Mm-hmm. Um, was there, you know, again, we talk about sort of like the period of time where you're kind of working as an actor, or some theater, or some films here and there. Did you like have close calls in terms of like this is going to be the big break before <laughs> yeah. then? Like, did, was there one you were put, putting all your putting all your hopes on before that you can pinpoint? I mean, I don't know that I put all my hopes on it. I didn't, you know, when you when you get, gosh, I don't know. I'm always surprised that when I get a call back for anything, you know. And so it, I I don't know that I ever thought, oh man, I'm really gonna get this, and then didn't get it. I'm always like, they do, they do, they want to see me again, huh? Amazing, I tricked them. <laughs> um, but there was one, there was one where um, that I that I got close on and, you know, everybody was freaking out and, uh, everyone around you was excited and, and yeah, it just felt, it felt possible. Yeah. But you know, it's funny because some of those, sometimes when you don't get one of those jobs, they ended up giving it to a massive star, which was kind of nice. Cause I didn't feel necessary. I didn't feel so much like I failed. Yeah. They were looking for something. They, they needed, they were looking for money. Box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe just also someone more beautiful and talented. Um, please. It's not possible. Please. Catherine Walkerson. <laughs> it's never been done. It's never been seen. No one can squeak in a chair like you. <laughs> Um, but, uh... So you hate yeah. Jennifer Lawrence is what you're saying. <laughs> no, no, I don't hate the person and it's not Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> um, oh man, but... But you but, recovered. But, you know, sometimes even though those things can be disappointing, they also can be encouraging because you think, oh man, well I got close yeah. that time, maybe next time, um, I'll, you know, it'll work out. And often too, you look back on things you almost got and didn't get and think, thank the Lord, sure. you know, I could have easily. I did two TV pilots when I was in my twenties. I could still be on those now <laughs> if they had gotten picked up. So that's you know. a totally different life. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to Happy, Sad, Confused. We'll be right back after this. P.T. Anderson, Paul Anderson, however you refer to him, the master, the genius that is. 
Um, I mean, you know, Captain. I, no. <laughs> is that how you call Captain? No. Dearest George. Captain. <laughs> so you address all your texts to him. Um, you know, I've never had the privilege of talking to him, and he's like, Yeah, I probably, heard he didn't want to talk to you. Oh, that's so rude. Catherine. I'm trying to get. Oh, I take it I'm trying to get you to do a spit take as you're taking a drink of water. <laughs> I came close, um, but he is a genius. I mean, I, I worship that guy. He's the best. Yeah, and same here. So, I mean, what what would surprise me or anyone that's seen his work about sort of who that guy really is? I mean, he's clearly knows his shit better than anybody. What's what's the day to day with him? How does his mind work? Is he mortal? Does he bleed like everyone else? What's what's up with PT? Um, I don't know. I just think he's better than everybody else. <laughs> he's just a superior. Sensible. I don't know if he's mortal. Um, he's uh, he's. Uh, I think that one of the most important th- qualities to look for in a director is someone that's good to be around. Yeah, and it's something obviously that can't be taught. It's energy and. Um, Ridley has that too. It it just puts everybody at ease, makes everyone feel safe, and um, you know you have to keep showing up every morning, and it makes people want to come back to that place. And I think if you don't, even if you don't realize it, you're looking to the director for that kind of to set the tone, and yeah. you hope that that will be a good tone, a good feeling, and um, and it's weird. I feel like everything, anything good, has to come from there. From it. I mean, I, I guess you you hear stories about directors who are just like Hitchcock or something really difficult to work with. Sure. Still, made, still made amazing movies, so I don't really know what I'm talking about at all. But um, he's a nice guy. Well, there, <laughs> there also is an element. I mean, I would think that applies to both Ridley and, and Paul in that, like, you can just give yourself like unreservedly to them because you know, 99% of the time they're gonna deliver the final product. On I the guess screen. it's that combination of trusting their taste and trusting them just on a you know personal personal level. level. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you still friendly? I mean, do you tend to like form relationships with the filmmakers that you work with? Are you still? I tend to glom on. <laughs> don't, I don't know. Don't leave me, I Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Friends I, forever, I, I right? I try to stay in touch with the directors I work with. I yeah. like directors. Yeah. I, I'm very. I'm always. I like hearing about their um, other projects, and you know. I like spying on them and seeing how they work and stuff. Do you have yeah, the inside dirt on the next Daniel Day-Lewis one? I know nothing. <laughs> I hear it's coming out at the end of the year. I'm very excited. I don't excited. know anything except for that I'm excited. I'm excited maybe too. I know other things, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the screen test for Fantastic Beasts? Was that a, was that a oh, weird that one? Oh, that was scary. Um, it was at a hotel in New York. And I can't walk by the hotel anymore. I get, I, you see, I get as I have, you know, some kind of PTSD or something. <laughs> um, they just had us, uh, me and the other actors that were auditioning for the same part in different hotel rooms. And then, so they would send you to a room and you just sit in there and wait and you'd hear doors opening and closing. It was so tempting to peek out and see who the other yeah. people were and everything. And then uh, they would read those other people. They'd do all these different configurations. So they'd read the other people with Eddie and then send them back to a room and then, come on, Catherine, invite me in. And then I would stay in there and watch different Tinas and Jacobs come in and out. And, you know, so we were doing these group chemistry tests. It was very involved. Yeah. And so nerve-wracking. And I definitely 
wasn't going to get that part. I mean, I left being like, well, that was weird and scary and because just fascinating and that'll be that. All the ancillary stuff of the nerves or you just felt like you didn't have the right take on it or just it just the, the fear registered on your face you felt? Yeah, or what? I just felt I felt um, I had to, you know, use a wand for the first time. That it's the first felt, time for everyone with a wand. Yeah. It's okay. Um, she now uses a wand during the interviews, which is odd. She's yeah, been waving just, it all about as she creaks in her chair. Yeah, that's the creaking. It sounds like it keeps zapping. <laughs> You're practicing. You have to, the movie's coming up. you got to get back yeah. in the zone. So if the wand worked, I could definitely <laughs> sort this chair out. Yeah, that little known uh, spell about correcting a chair. Uh... Yeah. Reparo. <laughs> what would it be? Reparo? I think that is a, is that is a spell. I, you're the expert. I think it restored, I think it restored a broken down building. I think that... Oh. She's doing it. Her. She did it right for us just now, guys. There was magic in the podcast studio. Can you can you feel it over there? <laughs> see, see, this is the problem with talking about the wands. It always ends up sounding lewd. No, that's that's only. It, can you feel my wand? Is basically what I just said. I can feel your wand, Calder. <laughs> it feels wonderful. <laughs> um, so, uh, have you seen the script for the next one? No, but I ran into the writer, John Logan, in London recently, and he gave me a um, – oh, wait. Which one are we talking about? Oh, that, that's uh, – we're talking – that's Alien. Beast? That's Alien. I've seen no scripts. <laughs> Bottom line, she knows nothing. No franchises, no scripts. I don't know anything. I, don't know I didn't the... see anything. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I it wasn't me. show up to set. <laughs> they point me in a direction. <laughs> run, of, run here. <laughs> Basically, I have somebody in my ear. They whisper my lines and I repeat them. The Marlon Brando technique. Exactly. Well, that was on a mug, right? Didn't he like write everything on the side of a mug? Right, right, right. Like, yeah. Or, like, or the, the mug. or the forehead of the other actor sometimes. The one I really like. No. Yeah. Really? That was on the Godfather. Forehead? I think he did it for like um, I want to say like the Luca Brasi uh, scenes. He, I think no. so. On the forehead. Yeah. I guess it makes sense for the eye line. Yeah, I mean, look, in 40 years, maybe we're, you're saying this too, and it's not so weird. It's not so weird. I mean, nothing's so weird in 40 years. You're like, oh, this was a trick of the trade back in the day. Everyone's <laughs> like, I guess that's what they did back then. I heard that um, Spencer Tracy, and I love this, always looked at his mark. You know, they put tape on yep. the ground, and that's where you'll be in focus. So if you enter into a scene, then you often have to walk right to the spot. But sometimes it's kind of hard to feel where that mark is when you – have your head up. Sure. So he would walk into the room, get rough, roughly near the mark, kind of put his hands in his pockets and look <laughs> down and, and like he was thinking about yeah. what he was going to say next and then get his feet right on the mark <laughs> and then look up and say the line so that he knew that the take would be good, you know, that they could use it and maybe hopefully move on. Yeah. But it looks so natural and you can spot it in a lot of his films. That's amazing. It's a fun thing to look for also, if you're a nerd. I, I will. <laughs> I am. Uh, no, I mean, I feel like you could do the same thing in just trying to remember your line, like taking taking a, a breath, taking a moment and sort of like... Looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> He's really thinking. There's is, <laughs> a lot going uh, on in Catherine today. <laughs> um, okay, so you were, I think, referencing Alien. We'll come to that in a second. But in Beast, so you, you haven't seen a script. You don't know nothing on the next Beasts. I know yet. I know a little bit about both films, mm -hmm. but I haven't seen a script for either. Have you, do you make a, have you like made a request of the uh, David Yates and company in terms of what you want to see or get to do or I not get to? get some notes for those guys because they're <laughs> new to all this and I am very experienced. Let me tell you how to make a billion dollar <laughs> listen, franchise. Listen, listen, listen. Guys, 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 guys. <laughs> I just worked with Sir Ridley Scott. Couple so I think I know what I'm doing. Yeah, he's a sir, so. <laughs> um, Maybe one day you'll be can Americans be knighted in any way? Probably not. I think there is an honor, but I'm not. I was born in England. Well, that's right. 
I keep but ignoring I, I, things. That's not my big <laughs> I'm working on it, man. Do you have dual citizenship? Are you? I do. You're so classy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why I am, you know, some people refer to me as Catherine. <laughs> Um, dual citizenship. <laughs> Can you be shipped? Citizenship? Well, you can be shipped. You know, the, the shipping of like characters now. Like, that's is a big oh, thing. Oh, I ship them. Yeah. I'm pro their relationship, right? See, you know the stuff. That, yeah, yeah, I'm trying, but it's very difficult. Do you, for me. Do, do you ship any television uh, romances? Are you a. I don't. Um, I'm not. I, I don't watch anything. <laughs> really? Do you own a TV? Or are you one of those people that just like doesn't even? I don't own, own a home, so I, mean, I just... <laughs> you just carry a TV around. With you. Yeah, I have a TV. I just have nowhere to plug it in. <laughs> um, but so... no, I don't. I don't ship anything. I think that's okay. insanity. <laughs> oh, but I just heard another one. What is it? Um, that's fire. Do you know this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I work at MTV, so I'm exposed you know to all, all of the... it. All the well, I don't, but like I'm exposed to it, and I have to pretend like I know what they're talking about. What are the about. kids into these days? Don't we gonna sound so old, <laughs> you and I? Let's not do this. Let's not no, go actually, down this rabbit hole. No, I feel bad that I said I don't ship anything because I know that there's those Harry or Harry Potter fantasy beast fans who who ship every franchise. Newt and Tina, sure, and that's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all rooting for that that wonderful that couple. inevitable marriage. It's <laughs> already been written. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so we haven't even talked much about Alien, actually. So, so that's a good point. <laughs> not that it needs that. I mean, people know. Come people on, people know about it. Come on, they, uh, you've seen the seventeen Alien films. All you need to know, Ridley Scott's back. Yeah, man. It's gonna scare the shit out of you. Yeah. Um, the Fastbender times two. Yeah. That's good money for that's good value. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's like a double feature, but it's just one exactly. Movie. Is, <laughs> and uh, and you get to kick a little ass and run from from an alien and yeah, that's, you a check lot all of the boxes. Ass kicking, yeah, and and then I you know there's a sort of emotional component that's new yeah. and um, right from the start. I mean, you start yeah. in a pretty harrowing space. Yeah, and also that that it just starts, it just starts, it just takes off so fast, which I think is something a little bit new to the franchise, maybe and. Are we allowed to? But you know, it's yeah. funny because I'm I'm never really that good at talking about the movies before they come out because, I, I, me personally, I prefer to know very little about right. a movie before seeing it. I always think it's so much more, more fun that way. And you know, then you leave the cinema and, you know, want to tell your friends everything about it, but trying to keep it in so totally. they can have the same experience you had. And in this day and age, we talk, talk, talk so much about this stuff before it comes out. It kind of takes some of the excitement out of it, I think. So yeah. I'm kind of glad we didn't, we're we not, didn't talk We're not going to let the air out. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Though, is it going to spoil anything to say who you're, who doesn't last too long in the film that's kind I of mean, some of the promotion? at this point, I think, like, uh, some things have so already been spoiled. I think you're referring. I'm Let's not do it. We won't do it. We won't do it. We won't do it. There are some people that you may or may not know that are in the film that bite the dust quickly. Yes. Hey, how about this? Mm-hmm. Let's discuss without ruining anything because you just cited your hatred of spoilers. But um, I'm very excited. I think you've probably shot this by now. Uh, Current War. Yeah. With like, I think I saw you right before, as you were doing it, or before you do, did it, and mm, I mentioned before, to you then, yeah. and I and I and I stand by it. It's like my favorite group of people on the planet because it's that cast. Yes. I oh, mean. Wow. Michael Shannon comes up in every conversation on the podcast. I'm obsessed with him. So you say his name the same way you say banana. 
There's like a, something a little fancy. Sh- it's the same. <laughs> Michael Shannon. So for context, because the banana talk was not in yeah, the podcast. Yeah, in the podcast. We were walking down the hall. And I said, someone mentioned a banana. Banana. He says. What do I say? Banana. <laughs> or I say banana. banana. It's like more banana. Banana. It's more, yeah, yours is a little mid-Atlantic. <laughs> it's, it's how they train. It's the classiest train as an thing about me. School. Um, and, it's, and your Shannon has a little extended A in it as well. Does, does Michael Shannon eat any bananas in the film? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, but it's also what? It's Benedict. It's Benedict. Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. And Catherine Waterston. Yeah. So, um, amazing. Other people. I'm just not thinking of their names right now. Who do you get to do most of your fun stuff with in that one? Well, I play Mrs. Westinghouse, so I'm mostly with Mr. Westinghouse, and that's Michael Shannon. And a little bit, I had a few scenes with Nicholas Holt, but it's really kind of divided into two sections um, that don't overlap much. So they kind, it's kind of like two films um, that they're combining um, Benedict's stuff with shots, oh, like, a month before we got there, gotcha. so um, that was it was bizarre because kind of right when we got into it, it was over. It was a kind of quick shoot, but really fun. Um, Alfonso Gomez Rejon is the director, and he is brilliant. And um, he did what? I'm me, excited. Earl, and the Dying Girl, right? Yeah, yeah. This one's different. It has <laughs> corsets and light bulbs. <laughs> Um, should be in the marketing meetings for this. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. <laughs> Take it away. You don't need anything else. <laughs> yeah. You're, and you're also – you're in the new Soderbergh, right? His, uh... Yeah. Very, I really just – I mean I'm like a fly on the wall in that movie. Still, I just wanted to watch him work. I was going to say, yeah. It's very I, do very – I do very, very little. But it was really fun to just pop down there and do a few scenes and – I mean, actually, he's the only person I've ever seen who works faster than Ridley. It's kind of extraordinary. Is he, like, working his own camera? Is he, like, just doing everything? Yeah. when I was there, at least. That's and I crazy. think the whole time, yeah, he operates his own camera and uses natural light. So the things that usually slow things down are turning the camera around and fixing the lights. Yeah. And, um, one time well, we were shooting in this little um, trailer, um, and uh, I stepped out of the trailer and I was just trying to get out of the way of the crew. And I said, you know, is there some place where you keep the actors? It's like some pen <laughs> or something. <laughs> and 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 somebody said, well, you know, he doesn't – he shoots so fast. Uh, we don't have a place for the actors. And I said, really? And then he leaned out of the trailer and said, okay, we're ready. And he turned around in the time that I had asked where a chair was. And someone <laughs> told me that there weren't chairs. And That's that amazing. went back in and kept working. So, so Yeah, extraordinary. Very cool. So, okay. Yeah. So we'll see uh, Current War, Logan Lucky, six more Alien movies. I feel like really, depending on the day of the week, he says there are two more movies, there are five more movies, there's one more movie. What's your money on? How many more Aliens are we going to see? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> She's going on the over. She's going to bet, bet high. <laughs> um, you want steady work? Uh, I think, I don't know, a couple? I don't okay. know. What do I know? You're the actor. They don't tell me. I'm just the actor. <laughs> I'm just the actor I'm here. I'm just the actor. I just come in and say the line. See? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we'll see you on the next Fantastic Beasts, uh, Beastier, Fantasticer. The Beastier, the Beastier Fantastics. It's a musical. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's nice. The Fantastics is a beautiful musical. So yeah, if they but cross with a little beasts. Bit. With beasts. You know what would make the Fantastics better? You throw in a beast. Beasts. You're welcome. <laughs>
Uh, it's been good to catch up with you, Catherine. <laughs> Sorry for all the dumb voices. No, that's that's what I live for. I don't know punchy. if the audience likes it, but I do. There's only one way to find it. <laughs> oh, man. The end of the podcast. Is this live? <laughs> Can you edit this? Sorry, world. Oh, uh, go see gosh. Alien Covenant. She doesn't do any silly voices, but there's plenty of uh, horrific nightmares yeah, for you and your fa- entire family. Um, yeah. Thanks for stopping by, Catherine. Thanks for having Thank you for having me. <laughs> And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. This episode of Happy, Sad, Confused was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovich for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you Raymond in Buffalo, Maria in Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.